Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Mushroom Podcast. I'm going to be sharing some deeply personal experiences on this one. And because of that, I got to get a little disclaimer out of the way here. So here we go. This podcast represents the opinions and individual experiences of myself and my guests on the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions related to psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Okay, now that that's out of the way, uh, this is the story of my heroic dose of psilocybin and the work that was put in leading up to the day of the session. So I did about two months of counseling uh, with my guide and uh, a bunch of different preparation exercises before uh, the day itself. And the amazing part of this podcast is my guest is my guide. So you're going to get perspective uh, from both of us on how this whole thing shook out. And the reason why I wanted to share this deeply personal experience is to inspire people not just to do psychedelic assisted psychotherapy, um, but just to talk about their grief and their guilt and their trauma and shame and all this shit that we all carry around with us. I just want to open up that conversation and, and lead with some vulnerability here. And I do share some very deeply vulnerable parts of my life in this podcast. So um, I, I hope we can all get to a place where we can talk about it and, and learn to come to terms with it and help one another let that shit go. So uh, without any further delay, um, here is the story of one of the craziest days I'll probably ever experience in my life. Thanks for listening, guys. Here we go. Right on. Man, here we are. Adrian. Brett, thanks for having me, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, uh, this is going to be a very different conversation than uh -huh. most. Um, and the reason for us doing this is to talk about a recent experience um, that you and I both had that was, uh, that was focused around a psilocybin therapy session for myself, and you were my guide for that. Mm -hmm, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we did. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I don't know what the word is for it, but it was, uh, it was kind of everything all, all wrapped into one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're and the cool thing is is we're actually in the place like we did it right here, mm. you know, on the floor, two feet away from where we're recording this podcast in this little, uh, this tiny space that I call my home mm -hmm. as well. So yeah. that's um, there's good vibes here. Yeah, it feels that. very alive in here. Yeah. I can yeah, I feel very connected to it being back here for the first time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. This is the first return since we did it, and it's and it's very fresh. Uh, it was nine days ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, still very fresh in my mind as well. Um, but before we get into that whole experience, I want to learn about um, Adrian Oberg, the human, and how you got into this work. And I just want to say that um, I've, I've spoken with other people about your work. Oh, yeah. That's how we, how we met. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that everybody told me was like, Adrian's tapped into something a little bit different. He's yeah. got a skill. He's got a gift. And... I can 100% confirm that. 
confirm that that is true. (laughs) So that was, it was cool to feel that it was cool to go through this process with you. Trust is such a huge thing when you're doing a psychedelic therapy experience. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, to just like work with you for, you know, a couple months and do our counseling sessions Mm. and have that trust. Mm. It was crazy. You know, it means so much to me to hear all of that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. And to know that people are saying that, yeah, I'm really touched and yeah, just so, um, yeah, so overjoyed and honored to be doing something that is so fulfilling and yeah. feels really like yeah, in line with in line with my values. Yeah. Just just who you're like you're doing exactly what you should be doing is what it feels like to me. It really feels that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. And the encouragement and support coming from from people like you, yeah, really uh yeah, we've got a we got a good thing going here. No doubt. Yeah. So so Adrian the human uh, this is always an interesting thing to, to dig into uh, for myself to hear and for our listeners to hear. How did this, like, where did this all start? How did you get mm. into this, uh, you know, let's call it a line of work? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I never really intended to. I never really thought that it was a line of work at all. Right. And when I was in, you know, when I was in high school, I would, uh, I would come across mushrooms and you know, dream up, you know, studies and things like that. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to have someone in an, in an fMRI machine or something like that <laughs> to see what's actually going on in the brain, you know, while they're using psilocybin? But I thought it was just a, a pipe dream. You know, I wasn't aware right. of any of the research that dated back, you know, as far as the 50s. I wasn't aware of traditional use, none of that. And um, I was just yeah, having my own experiences and sharing them with my friends. Right. But So what age was this? It was like 15, 16, I think, okay. would have been the first time that the cool. mushrooms came around. and Yeah, and just for, I guess, like the chronic, like your mid-30s right now? Yeah, yeah, okay, 33 so. now, so it's, right. been, it's been a few years. Yeah, yeah, right yeah couple, feel, couple decades. Yeah, I feel so, at this point, so lucky to have had the opportunity to encounter mushrooms back then. I was, right. you know, there wasn't, it wasn't really, it was still kind of a verboten thing. My mom would be, you know, don't. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's, it's right. going to change your brain chemistry sort of thing. Right. And I was already, you know, I was kind of like, you know, well, that's, I think that's the point. You know, this, <laughs> is, this is what we're going for here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So early on, it was just generally like an unfolding of a lot of the societal conditioning, just seeing through a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the practices, attitudes, behaviors in the people around me is kind of dominated the culture in the, the small town that right. I grew up in. And, um, and where was that? I was in Dryden, Northwest oh. Ontario. I drove through there real quick on my way through. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> across Canada. It's hard not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. kind of have to. Yeah. Right, on the, to right on the Highway 1 there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Trans-Canada. Yeah. So, in, you know, didn't really have mentors, didn't really have other people to, like, mm. to, to process anything with, but I had a few... You know, like maybe some art, you know, like a few books that I would come across. Right. But it was really, you know, it was renegade stuff like Hunter Thompson, Mary Pranksters, very like fast and loose, psychedelic. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, you know, like sort of pick up things from the different bands that I was into, you know, all these little hints, you know, following right. all these crumbs, but mm. not even knowing what I was following, not knowing who to talk to about it. Yeah, really kind of feeling on my own with, with my friends. But um, even then, feeling like the mushrooms were impacting me differently than right. they, I felt like I was, yeah, go, going deep into something that I didn't even have, um, like, have 
I hadn't developed a part of my psyche that even knew how to talk about it. Right. It well, the, the fact that the, something really fascinating that you just said is that um, when your mom was telling you, like, it's going to change your brain chemistry, uh-huh. and you're like, well, that's the point. Uh-huh. To know that from a young age, that, like, to me, that means that you were either on a different wavelength from a young age hmm. or um, you're, you were getting some sort of intelligence through hmm through the mushrooms, right? That was telling you like, no, this is like, follow this process, mm-hmm. right? Because it's very true that I remember, I've talked about this many times before on the podcast, but the, um, that weird rumor that there was like brain damage every time that you would take mushrooms oh, and it sure. would leave like a pinhole in your brain uh-huh. that was not repairable. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, I'm staying away from those things. Yeah. And I had like, from, you know, my teenage years, I didn't start experimenting until my mid twenties. <sighs> But that was that was in there, and the first time I took mushrooms, there was that like in my palm, of my hand, like the fear of bringing it to my mouth of like, is this gonna ruin my life, yeah. <laughs> or am I gonna have an amazing experience? Oh yeah. So, that's something that that still needs to be really unwound mm. in in our in our like Western culture here, right? Yeah, all the the miseducation mm. has been such a disservice, like that it feeds that that fear into these experiences, and I think. I think it seeds a lot of um, a lot of the more difficult aspects of experiences right. just because, yeah, mushrooms are poison. Your brain is going to be bleeding, things like that. That right. I still hear people say like, oh, like really like sort of innocently like, oh, you do you, you work with mushrooms. Don't aren't those like aren't those really bad for people? You know, how, how many times can people do that? You know, right. and it's, um, before you completely melt your brain <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess all of that comes from, you know. From some very real risks that are more, you know, psychological risks to do with, you know, yeah, sort of like unsupported or unprepared use. But yeah, the way that they've, you know, gathered, you know, sort of snowballed in the public consciousness just to be these, uh, yeah, scary, mm-hmm. scary substances, and people don't even really know exactly what what they're afraid of, but yeah. they've been successfully. It's it's a powerful propaganda machine that Hmm. has gotten deep into our subconscious, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of successful. A lot of momentum behind that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Uh Yeah. So um kind of from that that teenage age started experimenting and then I believe you started out working in um uh, you were doing like festivals and helping with harm reduction, right? Yeah. Is that kind of when you first started getting your first experience of like working with others yeah. in psychedelic experiences? Yeah, like uh, often it would happen that my friends around me would have, you know, experiences or, or I'd be at a, at a party when I was younger and someone would be, you know, having some some sort of, a, you know, transcendental experience but not really knowing how to um, how to how to let it in. Right. So I would find myself really curious and also just, caring you know i wanted to to help them and, mm. and when i started working at festivals i realized that i had been cultivating this skill i had been spending a lot of time with people in in distress and and sort of learning what it what it takes to help them help them ground help them center mm-hmm. and help them um open up to the experience and and receive whatever it might have to give them and and accept whatever that might be right. yeah. and <clears throat> yeah it turned out that once i once I started working at festivals, I worked at Chambala for the very first time. It's like, as yeah. you probably know, it's a big music festival in the yeah. in the Rockies, yeah. and um, yeah, thousands of people, um, and a lot of people showing up in the in the sanctuaries or the harm reduction area where um, yeah, they're in all 
all sorts of states, you know, all matter of the human experience. Yeah. It all shows up there. And yeah, working from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., getting off shift and feeling so energized because I'd actually wow. like found something that that I felt I felt like I was adept at. I felt like right. I had an aptitude there, and I don't think I'd really. That was the first time I'd really felt that at all. Yeah. You know, I'd been kind of on this path, but it never seemed like a legitimate path. So I was really wondering why all the people around me had found something they could really sink their teeth into. Mm. And I hadn't. But it turns out, you know, I had been. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Really Do you think people around you had it like had it figured out and had that thing? I would see my friends who were, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm a bike mechanic or like. You know, I love yeah. snowboarding. They're slapping like, labels, I'm a musician yeah. right. and I've been playing music forever and this is what I do and I know this is what I'm gonna do forever. Yeah. Whether whether it's what's making the money or not, I don't right. know. But just like they had something. a passion. Yeah. yeah. Something that was like a deep conviction that fired them up. Yeah. 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 And I wasn't I didn't feel able to um to to like embrace this passion. It was still sort of, you know, this deviant thing. And it wasn't, yeah, it was, yeah, there was a lot of years of, like, grappling with that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you yeah. found it through helping people navigate their psychedelic experiences. Yeah. In a very intense environment. Like, uh, I've never taken psychedelics at a festival. Right. I can't imagine doing it, to be honest. Right. Yeah. After doing them, you know, around a campfire with some friends and then in a more, like, therapeutic setting, mm -hmm. it's the amount of emotion that comes through and visual distortions and disassociation from the self. If there's a bunch of people in music, like it's so overstimulating yeah. and you're already like your stimulus is through the roof. The second you take them and then there's all this external, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be very challenging for me. So I, I understand, you know, these, I like how you call them uh, the sanctuaries too. Mm -hmm. And how busy and crazy did those sanctuaries get like the harm reduction tents or mm -hmm. our areas? Yeah. Yeah. Like the festival is, you know, almost a week long and you know, over the, you know, Friday, Saturday, those would be the most, you know, the busiest nights. And we would usually have 50, about 50 beds set up in that area. Yeah. And for the majority of those nights, like from, yeah, from 8 PM to 8 AM there, they're, they're pretty much full. Right. There's often this, you know, this peculiar, yeah, sort of a way of it where where <clears throat> they'll be full and then a, someone will, will show up and really need a bed. And at that exact moment, someone will be like, oh, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm good to go. And they'll leave. And Whoa. it was really uncanny how um, how things circulate and how everyone huh. always seemed to get just what just what they needed. Right. Back yeah. on their feet and and know that maybe they were doing a little bit more okay than the other person that needed help. Like mm. still have that awareness, right? Mm -hmm. To see someone come in and be like, well, I'm not in that state anymore. Uh -huh. So let's get this person the help, especially when you just received that help too, right? Yeah. Like that you have that feeling of like gratitude that, oh, someone was here for me and got me through this really challenging experience that I was just trapped in for a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. even those people, once they, once they come around, then um yeah then they become you know really good supports for the person in the bed next to them because yeah. they can just sort of uh yeah they're, they're feeling that they're feeling so acutely that it's going to be that it's going to be okay because they just made it through and they're like okay it, it is okay and then they can assure the person next to them they're like i know it seems scary right now but uh yeah i just came out the other end and right and, right uh, yeah. yeah and that's an amazing thing to hear too right because mm -hmm. um yeah if there's just uh someone that's there with you that's not 
tripping as well. Mm-hmm. It's hard to maybe connect or empathize with them. Mm-hmm. But when someone looks you in the eye and you can see their pupils are dilated and they're like, you're going to be okay. <laughs> That's a nice feeling, right? It's very reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you kind of feel like you're on the same team. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how long did you do that for? Like that? Um, mm-hmm. And was that volunteer work? Yeah, yeah, you would get a like a ticket in exchange. In fact, I would usually right. do two of those shifts and get two tickets. So it'd be nice hmm. to bring a friend along. It's a really good, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good arrangement over there. Yeah, I, I've worked there every year that it's happened since then. But yeah, these last couple of years have been shut down. And in 2017, um, uh, yeah, some friends and I started a a harm reduction crew of our own, yeah. um, called the Celium, and we just took it around to smaller festivals around BC. And yeah, it was really like yeah, setting up a, a big tent and safe space, and you know, sending people out there just to just to make it known that we're out there and that we're there to help people, and yeah, and you know, just getting kind of like getting into the scene so that you aren't this kind of like auxiliary organization that's coming in to to serve this purpose, but rather like you are part of what's going yeah, on, exactly. and you just have that kind of that awareness about you that you're. You know, you're keeping your eyes open and, and talking to people about what you're doing there and people are excited and, and then word really gets out. It, you know, the whole, it feels eventually like the whole festival is kind of like these extensions right. of your harm reduction team so that when something goes down, everyone knows where to send a person. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or they, they can see, they've, you've already kind of met and connected with everyone. Mm. So everyone's little pod or group knows like if something starts going down with one of their people yeah they can spot and be like oh yeah i just spoke with adrian look yeah. at he's right over there like bring this person over and be like help <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah it feels really important to be yeah. to be part of the community yeah. yeah and was anybody like in the harm reduction crew um were you using psychedelics at all like during the festivals no no it was a pretty like pretty hard rule to like you know, yeah 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 be sober. Stay, stay sober yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 there was one instance where i i was off duty Mm. and and uh and responded to a call and felt like i was a little bit out of my depth and be like okay this is this right. is when i you know i need to like back off my own ideas about myself and the role that i'm accustomed to playing and recognize that you know i'm off duty i should actually send them right. send them to the the people that are on duty yeah, yeah so that, was a, that was a good learning experience for me yeah. a really good one instead of just trying to take it on and maybe not having the capacity yeah yeah to yeah, yeah. to to hold space for that person in that mm. moment you know? yeah Right on. And so um, you had, what was the name of the cruise? Selenium? The Celium. Celium. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cool, cool. And, uh, and then when did it, when did it kind of get, like, move? This is always an interesting transition, I find. Using psychedelics to enhance these, you know, festival experiences mm-hmm. or um, recreational experiences, let's call them. And then like the therapy side, right? Because that's it's having its next big wave right now. It's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. Just like what's going on? Like there's this huge third wave of, of psychedelics rolling through. Mm-hmm. And um, so when when did that kind of shift from the harm reduction side into oh this is a very therapeutic thing and we could do it in a different setting mm-hmm. and I want to I want to help people with that. Yeah, it sort of started up alongside it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll continue doing harm reduction work, and uh, and then yeah, the therapy work is is yeah, complementary or just sort of a yeah, it's a different field. It really feels like every opportunity in those harm reduction settings to you know to try to help help these distressing sometimes distressing experiences turn into real you know chances to to grow and to heal. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, like I see that you know if, if people have 
you know, if, if we've been able to develop that trust and, you know, maybe if they, if they know where they got their stuff and they didn't just buy from right. someone random, if they've really done the preparation, if, if they know what they're going, if they know what, what is possible, you know, a lot of the time people were really caught off guard by how, how powerful, how otherworldly their experiences could be. So mm. to, to provide that kind of education and really help people create the space to open up to that kind of experience. I've come to recognize that, um, yeah, that the potential is so great, but I, it was never as if I was like, oh, I'm going to start offering people this in a, in a therapeutic mm. modality. I, um, I just kind of got, got identified as, as the person <laughs> right. who could do that. There was, um, there was a friend who had, who had, yeah, who was a real, yeah, a real kind of veteran on the scene and, and, he 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 was looking for someone to hold space for him. Mm -hmm. He was in town and didn't ha didn't wasn't you know connected to the community so much. But yeah. is this the guy that, of that worked with Stanislav Grof? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. He had experience with Grof back in the eighties. So that's wild. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, a learned fellow for yeah. sure, and and experienced and and the uh, yeah he he really helped me. You know, he kind of turned me on to Grof. So I really got to like read about some of the most uh yeah the most intense the most um i don't know real like like he kind of describes it a lot in like union terms like connecting to the collective unconscious mm. and the, the way you know that material can manifest you know started to started to i guess normalize the kind of things that i'd been seeing in uh, right. in harm reduction settings it's yeah. like okay and make sense of it and it's like it's not just it's not madness by any means it's uh you know that there is there's a kernel of like of, of absolute truth in there that's mm. just maybe getting like blown up or exaggerated into some archetypal myth, but right. that uh, yeah, reading Graf sort of uh, helped me helped me um, understand what was going on in some of those situations, and it really helped me prepare for um, for what could come up in uh in in the first session that I was to do. Right. So um so yeah, I was able to hold space. Yeah. or um for my friend like that and then he was able to also yeah hold space for me so it was the first time that i had the opportunity mm. to go into an experience with that same preparation with that same like deep development of trust with the person with the guide yeah and um that really uh that really took it to the next level because i then understood i was able to kind of go into you know experiences from 10 years previous that had been overwhelming and had not been integrated and i was able to kind of you know go back to that same general space and and start making sense of it because i it wasn't as if it was happening in the middle of something else it was like here is all the space to like delve into these th this this realm and that mm -hmm. you know it turns out i was like oh okay i have been here before right. that time that i spent eight hours in the you know the back of a hatchback traveling through a blizzard you know and i could it wasn't really like i didn't really remember what was what had happened that day right, right. and where i was in my own in my own psyche or you know mm -hmm. something somewhere beyond that uh yeah i was able to go back and feel feel like uh like i was supposed to be there and that i was welcome there and that i was able to start piecing things mm -hmm. back together and that really spoke to the to the immense benefit that could be offered by right by um by limiting your input limiting stimulation and just knowing that uh that someone is there to take care of things so mm -hmm. i can really 
surrender to the experience and that that yeah that kind of cinched it that was like okay now i know now i know what um what can be offered setting and right eventually word got out people say, hey like i'm I, I want i want to take these mushrooms but like you know i've maybe taken them a couple times before but i'm a little bit concerned about what would happen if i if i take a lot so would you yeah would you come and just you know yeah hold space for me and yeah sometimes you know if I, if I if i knew them already be like yeah okay we'll just get together and lock down a couple of details and make sure that we feel good together but then then people who i'd never knew they would start right. you know start approaching me they would catch word so then it was okay like how do we how do we start you know where where yeah. do we start you know what do we need to do before i even say like yes you know, how do i know that um that we're that we're connected enough that we're on the same page that we yeah. can really trust each other. Going so. from being complete strangers to within a few weeks or a couple months, having this very like intimate is a, is a great word Absolutely. because it's like the amount of trust that needed between like you and I, um, just to, just for me to like feel comfortable even thinking about doing this yeah, yeah. Uh, it needed to be very high and i am amazed that we got there so quickly i'm a pretty trusting person and i can see that you just you trust everyone which is a beautiful <laughs> beautiful gift um but uh but that that trust so trust and integration uh, seem to be two big things mm. that um where where you can really tap into that with like the therapeutic experience yeah. that maybe you're not getting in the recreational side right definitely um, and you know like recreational psychedelics is it's great and they have their their place but this is very it's very different mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think there's something about about having that person there that you can trust that actually helps you or like yeah it gives you all the opportunity to recognize what else you know like mm -hmm. what what trust feels like and then yeah you know the kind of like looking at other aspects of your life maybe even yourself like how how well do you do you trust yeah. yourself how right. well do you trust this life that you've you've created around you and yeah, mm -hmm. i think focusing in on that that trust axis is um yeah really beneficial man that makes me yeah that gets my brain going how much you trust yourself to choose someone to be your guide, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I have to trust myself, even though you were recommended to me by a friend who I really trust. Right. It was still like, you know, I had to kind of know, go and spend some time with you mm -hmm. and be like, do I trust myself enough to yeah. <laughs> go down this road mm -hmm. and, and cross over into what you said before? Um, I don't know what the, the word you use, but like, a another dimension mm -hmm. like uh sure. you know we were in i was in a different place so um yeah. to be in that vulnerable space where uh yeah that i'm going into the unknown and just knowing that i'm not by myself yeah. I, I did i did a session or a two sessions last year kind of by myself mm -hmm. i just you know was reading about what they're doing at johns hopkins and uh, put on the playlist and threw a blindfold on and laid in my bed mm -hmm. in my room with the door locked by myself. Right. And I didn't find those to be for me personally as, uh, as powerful. It was like, there was no accountability. There was no mm -hmm. one there to just like, if something came up, mm -hmm. I find I would just like take my blindfold off. I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to get up. Like maybe yeah. I need to go to the washroom. Uh -huh. And I just realized I was like just distracting myself Yeah. and I wouldn't really get into any sort of depth. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of just, uh, bounced around and felt scattered for about four or five hours 
and there was benefits from it, but then I was also missing the integration side too. Mm-hmm. And one thing you shared with me that I think is really interesting is you had all of these experiences without the integration mm-hmm. and then you're feeling a little fractaled, you know, kind of yeah. like 10 years <laughs> yeah. after starting your journey with psychedelics, yeah. not being able to, uh, make sense or put some of these experiences to back together mm-hmm. to understand what they meant mm-hmm. and then being able to go back there is very cool like transporting back 10 years mm-hmm. and being like oh that's what i learned and that's where i was and i'm back in this place yeah and now i'm listening right yeah and i'm here to actually learn instead of just kind of run around all add and be confused yeah 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 i think it was important for my mental health i think that what i had opened up in those experiences was somewhat repressed mm. and and it needed to express you know it yeah. it had at its root very like yeah very like like core longing core values the ways that i wanted to actualize in the world but the way that it had shown up in my experiences was always you know it was always like this sort of sense of urgency this sense of failure you know Mm. woven in with like megalomania and delusions of persecution and all that kind of stuff and you know i'd always make it through the night all right but i didn't know what to do with all that had happened i was like this sounds like this this sounds like something that uh that might be yeah might be uh might be dangerous this this might be but i i I knew that there was some wisdom in it but i uh, i really needed to go in with um yeah with that that intention yeah. yeah, the intention to actually to open up to it, make all the space for it, and to uh, to just welcome whatever came, and mm. discovered that there was a, there was a lot of intelligence in my in my subconscious that was just right. waiting to uh, to emerge and, mm-hmm. and slap me in the face. Yeah, and so <laughs> what was what was kind of the the unlock for you with the the integration where you were starting to piece it back together? Like, what was um, maybe an early process that you started to use? that helped you organize these experiences into a way that was helpful for you. Mm-hmm. It was very much like the, the conversational, the interpersonal dynamic, just having, having friends even outside of the experience, but just friends that I could really trust and talk to. It, yeah. A key part of this whole process was um, some friends and I, we, we started a club at UVic VAPS, the Victoria yeah. Association for Psychedelic Studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you came to a couple things, didn't you? No, I haven't been to anyone yet because oh, okay. I started learning about it just before COVID. All right, yeah, <laughs> and I've been just waiting to get back in. Yeah. And now there's waiting lists to get back in. It's awesome. It's it's great to see uh, these meetups starting back up and yeah. the the, um, the demand from the community mm-hmm. of people that want to connect and get and get together and and learn from each other and, and talk about this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, continue. And VAPS is a, is a I'm guessing a little spinoff from Maps. Yeah, 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 we had uh, Philippe Lucas had been the I think he was the chairman of the board of Maps Canada, and oh, he was um he was working on his thesis at UVic, and he wanted he said yeah it's about time that uh that UVic had a, had a psychedelic club, so mm. he got myself and uh, my good friend Danny Motika, who's now um he's work he's he's the CEO at SciGen. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and they're working with DMT over there, is that right? Yeah, he's, they they're a lab, right? So yeah, they're they're. Yeah, they've got they've got they're sanctioned to to make a lot of different psychedelics. So and, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah, just providing them to yeah like uh, approved buyers. You know, I imagine that'll be like clinical trials right. and yep. other other things like that. 
So, yeah, it's really exciting. Really, it was, Daps was, yeah, the genesis of a lot of really cool projects. And for me, I saw the value in it as being like, oh, like, this is a way to to meet people. And I think it was just, I didn't even really know at the time how badly I needed to to share my experiences Mm. and to learn learn from others about theirs because again i was i was i hadn't come from a place where where there was a culture around discussing right it really just didn't exist Mm -hmm. i had the friends that i would that i would trip with but we had no no education no mentorship and in some ways i think that benefited us we had to had to figure it out you know put together our own concepts and theories and test them but yeah, yeah, it was really, um, it was just incredible to meet so many people, you know, every couple of weeks bringing out, you know, a variety of people from the woodwork and that they, they would all, they all had different, you know, different angles, different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, they'd all learned from different people, read and listened to different people and, you know, had, you know, could share like the words that they'd use to capture some of these experiences and you know, some of them would stick and some of them you know, would slip off, but eventually I found that I was able to, to, you know, yeah, kind of, it was sort of this, this fight against the, the ineffable, you know, right. you know, I, I, I do find that there's some aspect of, of psychedelics that you can't really ever explain to a person, but, but the closer language can get to, uh, <laughs> to triangulating that kind of experience. Right. Yeah, it really, um, that really helped, that really helped me to put it together but uh yeah in retrospect i recognize it was that community just not being alone in figuring it out and knowing that a lot of other people are are just as taken by um by by the yeah by the multitudinous complexity of all of this work yeah, and that absolutely it's just so exciting that to find people that really dig into that with yeah and the, the community aspect is in my mind, everything, like when we talk about trust and vulnerability, um, it took me a while. Like I, I had been experimenting with psilocybin mushrooms probably since, uh, I did my first one in like 2011. It wasn't a great experience. It's kind of a negative, uh, had a bit of a bad trip, but it was, it was interesting. I just kind of stayed away from a bit. And then when I got out here to Victoria in 2015, it was like, everyone was microdosing Mm -hmm. and there was that like trust in the community. I was like, oh, okay, well, this seems pretty common and, and normal. And then I, I needed to have a lot of conversations with people that had done therapeutic experiences. It's like I was pre-interviewing everyone for my own experience. Cool. <laughs> so I probably, I probably talked to, you know, five or six different people just to, just to sit down, grab a drink or a coffee and just be like, so what, did, what was it like? Mm. And it was, it was that process that normalized it for me right Mm. then i was like okay i'm you know all this stigma that i've heard from you know my parents generation and the media um i'm listening to people that i really trust right now that i'm close friends with that we've been vulnerable and open with each other on a deeper level Mm. and they're telling me everything's fine and it's and it's good and you know here's some things that you should maybe watch out for Mm. so getting that like risk assessment from really trusting friends and that that community it was amazing and then you know i just can kind of deeper and deeper would do a little bit more and a little bit more feel the fear and like mm. have the fear kind of wash over me and come to the other side and be like, Oh, that wasn't that scary. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, an important thing is, yeah, just like people taking their time with this stuff too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's what's beautiful. But something like VAPS is, 
if someone's never done psychedelics before, mm-hmm. they can come to one of these meetups and listen to people who are very experienced, uh, who aren't crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. they're a very sound mind. They hold uh, prominent positions as like a psychiatrist or a lawyer or something. So you, it, you start to see these weird things where you're like, whoa, these are like functioning members of society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember thinking before, I'm like, oh, you know, people who like do a lot of psychedelics or just burnouts. And like, that was me 10, 15 years ago as I was growing up. This yeah. was told, right? Sure. And then you're like, oh, whoa, like, you know, some very high level intelligent people here that are like, have said this is kind of made them who they are Mm -hmm. and then you're like wow that's crazy that this was a part of your you know building up of your like personality and what made you this person Mm -hmm. and that totally shifts the whole thing so the community aspect and just having these open conversations is is amazing it's 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 to me it's one of the most powerful parts of psychedelics and just brings you together everybody wants to connect yeah right so Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful uh, for that initial group of people that was willing to, yeah, yeah, to create, to take the initiative and, and get VAPS going because, yeah, it's definitely been the, the breeding ground for a lot of cool projects. Yeah. And it's why we know each other. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah absolutely. Like it all kind of comes back to that, that root structure there. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about our journey together. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, um, I can easily say that you know, there's major points in life where an event happens. And uh, this is only nine days ago. So um, I don't feel like I'm jumping the gun by saying this, but Mm. this like experience with you and uh, the day that we took the medicine and sat with it, Mm. um, that's a life changing day for me. And I'm like, that's like Brett before Brett after (laughs) kind of thing, which is a cool thing to, to, to feel and, uh, and know that, that deeper truth of that. So, um, you know, we were referred to by a mutual friend. Uh, I called you up and you said, yeah, let's get together and, you know, we'll do a counseling session or just kind of see if we're a good fit for each other. So that first kind of meeting, that's when you're feeling people out to mm-hmm. be. So tell me a little bit about your process from that in our experience and in kind of like what you felt, how safe you need to feel with someone to engage in those next steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not, it's, you know, it's structured to some extent, you know, there are a few, a few, th- a few boxes I want to tick, yeah. you know, just kind of like gauge, gauge your, your, your experience, you know, with psychedelics, but also just your experience, um, being with yourself, you know, opening it up mm. to, um, to emotion, things like that. Like how, <clears throat> you know, whether or not you've yeah, just kind of like get to know you and, and understand, you know, where along your journey you are mm. and that not as if there's one specific place that makes you, you know, suitable to take psychedelics, but just kind of get an idea of, of what kind of preparation we're going to do, you know, what kind right. of, yeah, recognize like, you know, what, how you describe, you know, your engagement with, with your emotional material and with your past. And, you know, if you've, if you've started doing, doing the work of like connecting, you know, your, your reactions mm-hmm. to your, your, your history and your experience, you know, I think that like if that, if, if you hadn't already, you know, done so much work in your life, you know, when I encounter potential clients who haven't, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm hesitant to, uh, to set a date right off the bat and like, right. okay we need to uh we got we some work to, to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the there seems to be a um a central understanding of like opening up to experiencing 
open up to to emotion to your own emotion that one one needs to be uh to be willing it doesn't mean that it seems like it'll be easy or that it won't be scary but i i, I really want to like cultivate that awareness in people that that is that is where the juice is for sure is when right. when we can let those emotions come through so mm. yeah i think it's um that's that's mostly the point and that if if we can kind of get there and if we're accessing that kind of you know that sort of a discussion then then it seems as if we're we're getting each other right. we're we're yeah, able yeah. to like open up to that and if i'm if i'm uh yeah i uh, yeah i was i was enthralled with what you were telling me about your life story and just really like yeah interested in you and in your process and yeah and that that's when like that that actual like yeah the 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 care and the willingness to like be there for you it just arises in me it you know comes as a result right. of that meeting i'm like this is a good this is a good feeling good. Yeah. yeah yeah so that feeling that feeling of you know we're we're ready you know, mm. yeah, like I feel that connection. And, uh, yeah. What, so just for timeline stuff, we, we did the, uh, uh, the therapeutic experience on November 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be just be a day that I remember for the rest of my life. That, that yeah. date is going to be ingrained in my mind. <laughs> uh, and we, and we, I think we started talking kind of mid September and, uh, I was, I was not in a great place when I came to, to see you. I'd not having a lot of, uh, challenges with, my relationship, uh, my relationship with my partner and had having some trouble with work. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I was very scattered and kind of, you know, a lot of old stuff was coming up for me Mm -hmm. and I was like, I never really dealt with this properly. And, um, I remember you were like, Oh, let's, you know, how does like, you know, late November sound. And I remember feeling like, no, I need to do this now. (laughs) Cause like, (laughs) I'm not good now. (laughs) Like I need you to help me. And I'm really glad I I like the process of you kind of dialing it back. Cause I I thought like, you know, we talk once and then like a week later Mm -hmm. I would do it and I'd be better in a week after that. Right. Uh Cause I was, I could realize that like I was grasping for a bit of a fix. You know, I'm like, I I don't want to get this feeling out of my stomach Uh because it's not good right now. Um, And so that was good. And so then the next step for us was to have a couple more uh, counseling sessions and, those sessions were great because it was talk therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, I'm kind of working through my stuff. But really what we were doing is setting the intention of, you know, why why am I doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And that was cool to go through that process. And we uh, and we drilled that down. And um, this is a very, very, like, personal thing that I've been working on for a mm-hmm. lot of years. Uh, so in uh, April of 2012, my mom passed away from a very aggressive um, cancer that, um, when they discovered it in December of 2011, Mm -hmm. it was already stage four metastasized. So the doctors were kind of like, you know, you don't have much time. And Mm -hmm. so kind of went from our, our little family unit of four, like myself, uh, my sister, my mom and dad feeling like everybody was healthy and happy. My dad and my mom had started the retirement and, uh, everything seemed good. They had, built their dream home up on a lake and they had just moved into it and um you know the floors weren't even in i think they Mm. were getting done in january and in december it was just like snatched away so uh that's something that i've talked to a lot of people about and Mm. worked on and i just i feel like i've gotten close but there's always been this tension and stress and you know so that's the attention that we we kind of started setting right and we went through that process and uh you kind of helped you helped guide me along and and structure that that container Mm. and um 
probably the most beautiful part of this whole thing that we did in the intention preparation uh, was the drawing that you asked me to do. Mm, so yeah. talk about that and why that's important to you. And then I can, I can kind of flip back and, and tell people kind of what I drew and where that came from. Sure. Yeah. I've been learning a lot about, uh, about drawing and just how it seems to be, you know, a really like direct line to the, to the subconscious. We can, you know, right. we can start interpreting all these, these feelings that we have and making sense of them. But when we actually try to put them down, on paper it just comes through the imagery is uh, is representative mm. and yeah i learned a lot about that from from bruce tobin he's uh yeah. yeah kind of a legendary art therapist around here and yeah yeah he's really um really tuned me into how how helpful it can be to just give people these drawing assignments and that it's it's the expressive nature it's the just spending time with the thought with a feeling and mm. and getting it on paper and not yeah not going too cerebral about it and That's yeah huge. <laughs> yeah and it you know all of those things were said to me at first and i was like okay that makes sense and i started you know gradually like asking people like hey would you be into you know maybe creating an image that that represents some aspect of what you're working with or or some dynamic between you and another person mm -hmm. or or um yeah in, in your case it was you know the relationship between um, the, the point, you know, the goal, what we were trying to, trying to access through the experience, what felt like it would be, you know, potentially in the way, you know, currently, what are the obstacles to you accessing what you're looking for? And then what else, what is out there that, um, that helps support you? Yeah. You know, what are your, your resources, your, your allies, you know, all mm -hmm. of, all of those aspects and that, you know, I want, I want you to think about that anyway, right. but to give you the opportunity to to draw it really helps you be with those thoughts in a uh, in a more embodied way i think just by way of the expressive nature of of creating yeah yeah creating images you know i, I shy away from calling it art because it gives hmm. people yeah it, it makes people feel like they need to be producing something that has it's like objective a masterpiece value as well, or right? something like that yeah <laughs> yeah which i which i felt because i'm like oh man i don't i don't draw yeah you know like i like to write which is why there was a lot of words in my drawing uh -huh. um but uh that was a bit of an intimidating thing right it's like oh, like how do i draw someone's face and i was like oh man that's mm -hmm. i was getting a little bit too like overthinking it but sure. um yeah it, it was it was great so i, I remember sitting down to, to do the the drawing and I, I kind of took like an entire day um, I was settling in it was a very rainy day uh, Sunday and um, I kind of cleaned my space and and just had this uh, this nice day to myself did some meditating and um, and started the drawing and for whatever reason you know it was important for me to to draw a tree mm -hmm. and in the center of that tree was the central intention which mm -hmm. I just wrote mom mm -hmm. and that was uh, is like okay this is where I want to go I don't know exactly yet why, like I had a, a little bit of an idea and we'll get to that in a little bit later in the, as we move closer to the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wrote mom and then I kind of wrote around in within the tree. Um, yeah. So I've got the tree and I got my, my mom in the center mm -hmm. and then around that kind of like intentions of, of who I want to be. Right. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, just uh, present, focused, um, compassionate, and that was the central kind of theme of, of what I was going for. Mm -hmm. And then on the outer like branches and just outside the leaves of the tree were all the things that I felt were big stressors in my life that might uh, hold me back from 
being that, you know, center truth and being connected to uh, that purpose. Right. Uh, so, you know, business stress, financial stress, um, kind of like worrying about my health and fitness too much, like taking that, mm-hmm. you know, too seriously to the yep. point where, you know, you might be doing some damage or, or not enjoying some certain things like, you know, we talked about afterwards, I was like, oh man, I just want to gorge. I just want to like eat really good, rich foods. And uh-huh. you were like, yeah, man, go get that, <laughs> go get that rich butter and like have a good time. Right. <laughs> so I was like, not feeling guilty about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the way I drew it too, was the, the container, like the root structure of the trees kind of dropped down and then created this like full circle loop where yeah. it looped all the way up above the tree and came all the way around. And within that root structure I had, all the important practices and people mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. that I know I can lean on or really dig into. You spoke earlier about your friends and their passions and like how important that is to have something that you're just like, you know, can really lose yourself in and get into that flow state. So that was, that was a part of the, that whole structure there. And I remember doing the drawing and just like looking at it and it was cool. Like just to see like, wow, this is this, really beautiful little place that I get to now go and explore Mm. and still not knowing like what was going to happen in the experience. And then we got together another time and we, and we talked about it. So do you remember anything from that conversation about like right before we did the, uh, the day, like it was probably, I think it was only like two days. Like two days before. I think. Yeah. 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 And is that something intentional? Like you want to meet with someone very like fairly close within kind of 48 hours uh, for the experience i like doing that yeah it's always you know whether or not it whether or not scheduling works out that way but yeah it does seem like it sort of extends that uh you know that that sacred space that mm. if you know if, if yeah. you're if there's not going to be a whole lot happening between the time that that we meet and then the time that we do the session there's uh you know we can kind of you know really like speak to that in between time and make sure that we that we're kind of on the same page about what you're going to be doing between now and then. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, doing it within a couple of days means that there's less of a chance that other big life, you know, happenings are going to come in and, totally. and take you down a different path. Yeah. So it really, yeah, it does offer a benefit just to kind of yeah, create or expand that container to include, you know, maybe the couple of days before. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, well, um, uh, why, why do you think you, you chose a tree? I Oh, so this is this is kind of funny. I had uh, Shannon Dames on the podcast right, cool. uh, last week. We haven't released the episode yet, but that'll be coming out. Uh, and just for anybody listening, she is a um, professor of nursing at Vancouver Island University, has this Roots to Thrive organization. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the organization probably a week before the experience. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if I saw this on their website or if I saw it after. It was a very strange thing, but she actually has that tree on her website with the root structure oh, going down yeah. and like words in it ah. and then clouds on the outside, which oh, are yeah, things. Yeah. So I was like, did I see this or is this one of those weird connection things? So Funny. I'm not sure. And I think the, but I don't remember seeing it. So we'll just go with that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that was kind of trippy to talk to Shannon <laughs> and be like, I just had this experience in the drawings on your website. I don't know if this happened before. <laughs> in the egg but um I, for whatever reason i just think like i don't know like there's something about being in nature for me mm. where uh i just feel more grounded and i feel like staring at a tree um when you're really present 
and just, you know, you're not thinking about the future or the past. It's just a beautiful experience. And being out here in the old growth forests, that the forests that, um, that are all over Vancouver Island, you really feel something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you feel like a deeper connection that there's something else going on that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I felt like I was going. I was like, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't fully understand this medicine or this process yet, mm-hmm. but it's got something to teach me and I just need to trust that. So that was the, the tree and um, the root structure kind of completing that perfect circle because mm-hmm. we talked about a container, right? And I just liked how it was all one. Yeah, you know, it was just all the same thing. And I've had other psilocybin experiences where kind of got to peek behind the curtain of like this different feeling of connectedness and merging uh, entities, right? Mm. Where like everything was kind of blurring into one. And my mother was my sister, was my grandmother, was my dad. And, you know, <laughs> it's like very hard to distinguish them. Yeah, yeah. But I knew that they were all there together. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that, that whole kind of root structure system i just you know it's very representative of family community and Mm. um yeah yeah so that was that was where i went with that and it just kind of came out like again i'm not really sure i just started drawing sketching and i think i threw a couple sketches away because i i just didn't really know and then i was like oh i need to draw a tree and then i just went from there and uh i think on my third iteration the tree came out and and off it went yeah it was really powerful and just yeah to see the way that you'd found to organize it all in yeah sort of a self-contained interrelated thing that didn't um it wasn't like it didn't seem as if it was looking to exile all those like the more difficult more uh you know the 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 aspects that were sort of obstructions or kind Mm -hmm. of in the way but really like that they were all part of the system and just sort of ways of of um of working with them yeah, it's uh, and I'm such a big believer in that. Like, you know, if if I have financial stress in my life, like, you know, financial independence is very important to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a stress that comes along with that, mm-hmm. and being a business owner is very important to me, and caring for my employees is very important to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a stress that comes with that. Yeah. So I, you know, I've I've had a lot of tendencies in my life that I want to run away from some of these things mm-hmm. and just like you know, not ever have to deal with money again or not ever have to like run payroll for anyone again and just figure it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to look after me. Uh, But I know that like that doesn't lead me to a very fulfilling place in life. So I wanted to put them kind of, you know, not in like a scary imagery, (laughs) like they were bad. It was like, I need to get a little bit more in touch of why I feel stress around these things that I know are important Mm -hmm. to manage it properly and to reframe the perspective around those things right. just so they can be a little bit more of a um flow in my life as opposed to like a point of resistance cool yeah, yeah. yeah. so that was a big part too and yeah i feel like i definitely got there i felt a lot better at work and with everything in the last uh last nine days here so yeah it's yeah. worked yeah incredible yeah yeah i really want to like speak to the way that um that you really you really did make that space you really did bring yourself to this purpose you know I, I could really appreciate how how much time you made to uh to work with this even before the session you know to really make the space and that you'd set time aside afterwards just to be with it and yeah. you know turned off your phone all of that you know and the, your meditation practice all of that that i really you know there was i remember there was a moment where you know where we were talking about whether you know kind of like yeah, you know, I don't want to like. Well, how how did you put it? Maybe it was like you know, something about like do, doing it right or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. that uh, yeah, like there's no 
there's no right way to do psychedelic. It's a very egoic thing, right? Mm. To say um, this, like to, to have, this is a very control thing to say, I need to do this process perfectly and it mm. needs to go this way. Right. You can't really do that with psychedelics. Mm. <laughs> that might be a path towards a bad trip. Right. Right. Cause you're really trying to hold on and control it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, powerful medicine is not going to really allow you to do that or it just won't work in the way that it's meant to. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about you trying to manage and control the experience. It's about surrendering to it mm-hmm. and trusting that you're going to get downloaded with some sort of knowledge and information that you might not be able to intellectually explain, mm-hmm. but it's there and it's a feeling. Uh huh that makes things connects the dots and makes things make sense yeah yeah and yet, yet i still wanted to um to to recognize that the way that you had prepared you know how how supportive that was you know i did want to want to give you that credit yeah yeah, uh, yeah so it was, yeah it's interesting to navigate you know, yeah doing it doing it right but also you know like making making sure that you're you're as best supported as you can i think you did a really good job Thank of that you. and i yeah, i'm happy that. to applaud you for that yeah, yeah. awesome yeah that's yeah. great uh, yeah so then we can now get right to the morning of oh yeah sure um you know we we made the tea uh you had a nice little candle here the candle was a really beautiful representation too i liked that that touch so I put the candle on this table that we're sitting at right now. I was just on the floor over here uh, laying down and the candle was right beside my drawing. And a beautiful uh, part of this was you were like, okay, I want you to light this candle and whatever stress uh, that you've written down uh, on your drawing here that you find to be the most prominent in your life right now, Mm -hmm. just know that when you light the candle, as long as that candle's burning, um, it's going to hold that stress for you. So if it comes up during your experience, you can just be like, the candle's got this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Like, you know, some of the stuff, if I were to like listen to it, uh, some stuff like astrology and, you know, you're like, oh, whatever, like, sure. But in that moment, I was like, this is perfect. Like, I actually, Good. I felt anxious in the morning about some work stuff that had happened the day before. And I was trying to, you know, slow down and unwind from that. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it was very cool because there's so many things that happened where I was like, how does Adrian know like what to do? But huh. you know, we're, we're not all that um, complex, like different human beings. We have a lot of the same mm-hmm. kind of stressors. So it was awesome to have you in that experience. And then one other thing that was really beautiful where you were like, um, is there a memento that you have from your mm. mother that's important and very, very cool. Just in the summer of this year, uh, my dad was cleaning out the basement back home in Ontario on yeah. the other side of the country. And he's like, hey, I have all your like childhood stuff. Do you want me to send it out? And I was like, yeah, totally. And it was all like, you know, report cards from from like uh, high school and stuff, which was really fun to go through that. But one really amazing piece was in there was my baby book. Yeah. And uh, and that's just a bunch of pictures from like the first year of my life in this mm-hmm. one like cool little book that I hadn't looked at in, uh, in probably 10 or 15 years. Right. And it immediately triggered. And I was like, Oh, it's in the storage room, like right on the other side of this wall. Perfect. So I grabbed the baby book and sure enough, like open it up. And the first picture is my mom with me as a baby, like right after she had me. And it's got the date there, like December 17th, 1986. It's like the day I was born. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this is where I'm trying to go. And it's right here. So, uh, we opened up that book and I just kind of put it against the wall right beside my pillow so it was very close to close to the the head and the heart for the trip and and that was um 
that was huge. Like those two little things. I was like, I don't know what this morning's going to look like, like how we're going to set this up. I feel a little nervous. Mm -hmm. And that just made me feel so at ease and comfortable that the candle had my stress and my mom was there with me. And actually my grandmother was on that page as well, like on the other side. So it was like the, you know, the women in my life there, uh, that brought me here and, created me as Brett the human were Mm. just there with me and that was so cool and I remember just kind of sinking in and just feeling so trusted in the fact that like you recommended those two things Mm. I was I felt more connected to you as well good which was just the whole thing I was like how how is all this falling into place oh amazing (laughs) you know yeah yeah uh it seemed like a bunch of random events but it was just happening so perfectly like looking in in retrospect Mm. and um so so yeah we we made the tea um uh, just boiled down some mushrooms, uh, put a little bit of lemon and ginger in there, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. I've usually only just like eaten the raw mushrooms. Right. And you explained that. Um, what is it with the lemon that helps? Yeah, so this is as best as a, as a, kind of, you know, it's it's a hypothesis so far. But, but we can, what we know is that, uh, you know, mushrooms contain both psilocybin and psilocin. Right. Um, the molecules are similar. But psilocin has this extra little phosphorus group on it. and uh, Or sorry, psilocybin has the phosphorus group. Right. And that psilocin does not. And psilocin passes the, bu- passes the blood-brain barrier, mm-hmm. whereas psilocybin doesn't. So that phosphorus group needs to be removed in order to cross the blood-brain barrier, right. which your body does normally do through a process of metabolism. Mm-hmm. But... um. Which means that you know there's a there's sort of a drawn out process as your body's breaking down psilocybin into psilocin so that it can be properly absorbed. Right. Um, which yeah, it takes time. And yeah. what we can observe is that when we add lemon or um, or any citric acid to to the mushroom, like to the tea, you know, before like you make the tea and then just squeeze half a lemon into it into a cup of tea, that it it makes it so that the experience comes on a lot faster. It gets deeper faster, <laughs> yeah. and that um, that it kind of you come out of it a little bit more quickly as well. Yeah. So as best as anyone has has been able to understand, we think that the lemon is is dephosphorylating that psilocybin okay. molecule, but it has yet to be proven. I think uh, it's probably only a matter of yeah months at this point, maybe years, but yeah, I mean it works. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it hasn't been proven, but uh, I can attest that 100% mm-hmm. that is uh, everything you just said is accurate. Uh, <laughs> so we drank the tea. I drank the tea. Just I'm saying we is, is a very collective experience, but yeah. just for everyone listening. Yeah, I found myself doing that. Too. Yeah, you were you were not. Yeah. You were you were sober. You did not take any medicine. Uh, it was it was just uh, it was just for me taking this experience. Um, I sat on a little you know floor mattress here that I had set out drank the tea and within about 10 minutes like it was it was very quick mm-hmm. we're kind of talking and you know you started asking me some really great questions about tell me about your mom a little bit more mm-hmm. and i was just diving into some different experiences and connections that i had with her and um i remember at one point just kind of turning my head and the whole like i just that saw the trail of the room follow mm-hmm. behind and i was like okay, I think I need to lay down. <laughs> and, uh, and right before I laid down, you asked me one more question. You're like, okay, mm. just before you put your, uh, your headphones and your eye shades on, why are you doing this? Mm. Or you said, why are you here? Mm. And um, I had a pretty good idea of that point uh, from all the work that we had done of why I was doing this. But what I said was very just uh, 
just succinct and short. And I just said, I want to be able to experience love the way that my mom was able to experience love. Mm. And that, uh, that gets me choked up because, yeah. um, I didn't, it was like everything we had done again, like it all just kind of, uh, yeah, right in that, in that moment, it's like all this work that we had been doing and all these little things falling into place. I just mm. knew I was like, mm. Oh, this is why I'm here. Mm. And just to feel that. And like the, the knowledge, and uh, that last thing to say out loud before going into the experience yeah. uh, was extremely beautiful and powerful. And I remember laying down and putting the um, the eye shades on. And what was the music playlist that you had on? Mm, I think the first thing you put on was this album by, by Les Halls called Zephyr. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to listen to it again, and, <laughs> you know, and try, you know, <laughs> be able to go back and and feel some of that stuff mm-hmm. that I was feeling mm-hmm. without having to take medicine. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. Go yeah. back to that music. Yeah, man. which is, yeah, the yeah, and the little snapshots, you t- we'll talk about that in a second too, of uh, the visualization process of remembering certain things that can help bring you back into that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I remember laying down and immediately just starting to feel this like i think i started crying pretty quickly mm-hmm. within yeah. the first five minutes yeah, it was yeah. just like this overwhelming sense of uh love and connection and um there was there was some sadness there too like it was it was just like ah uh, like there's so many people that i care about and love but i feel like i have trouble feeling it mm-hmm. and there was a sadness behind that of just like i just want to be able to feel yeah. and it's been something that's uh <clears throat> that's been challenging for me pro- probably my whole life but i think when my mom passed uh, there was a deeper disconnect there from my like feeling self mm. and so you know there it was like there was the intention that we set just before going in and uh and um my uh my partner ex-partner whitney we were together the night before and we were hanging out and we had this really beautiful evening and um I told her about the, the drawing and she just, uh, you know, when we left the, to say goodbye to each other, she knew I was going to do this experience the next day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she just said, okay, like go to your tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was so awesome to hear <laughs> her say that. And, yeah. uh, and just know that like, you know, she was also kind of there, like she was just like her, uh, her kind of guiding me there. And, and pretty quickly, you know, I, I remember you grabbed my hand and so you're holding onto my hand. And a really another weird thing about this whole experience and the way it all fell together is when my mom was passing away, mm-hmm. she's in the hospital and I was on her right side with my right hand holding her right hand. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, whoa, this is like Adrian is sitting right here holding my hand. It's like this role reversal thing now where I'm like, now I'm kind of going off into a different place uh-huh. as my mom was leaving her body. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was just like, how did this all come together in this way, in this same position? Uh, very, very strange, uh-huh. right? When all those things come together like that. Mm. And, um, and this is where it gets very difficult to explain what yeah. happened. Uh, and I'll try my best to pull out some, some nuggets of, of what, was, uh, what, what was going on and, and maybe where I was moving through. But uh, yeah, um, the overwhelming sense of, of feeling and emotion and love and gratitude like I had never felt before. Yeah. With each person, 
that I've known throughout my entire life that I've ever cared about all at the same time <laughs> turned up to 11 <laughs> and wow. Like I just remember, I remember saying, wow, a lot. I remember saying like, just, Oh my God, it's so overwhelming. Uh-huh. Like I was crying and I was like, it was good. It was a great feeling. It was a feeling I didn't know I could experience. Mm-hmm. And it was so intense because it's just so much. And even thinking back to it now, it was such a beautiful feeling. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go back and experience that anytime soon again. Sure. Even though it was beautiful and perfect and amazing. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and is there anything, this is where I like to kind of, I'd like to hear your perspective of like, mm. you're watching me from mm. a sober place and you're kind of watching me drop down into this. What were you seeing mm. through that? Yeah, I was, um, I was just, yeah, I was, I was enraptured. I like, without knowing the content, you know, just like feeling, you know, just every, every utterance, every way that your face was moving. I was, I was just gripped by it. Cause I could really like feel that you were really moving through, you know, that things were happening and it was like, yeah, like I could, I could watch you moving through these emotions without ever like knowing, without needing to know right. what they were relating to. Right. And, um, and just, yeah, feeling, yeah, holding your hand and feeling the energy coming through it and just, yeah, feeling so there with you. And, um, yeah, yeah, knowing, knowing that our, our nervous systems are communicating mm-hmm. on some level, that there's some sort of mirroring, some resonance going on. Right. And just feeling very much in it with you and not even, not even really wondering what it's all about right. but just the the sheer like quality of emotion coming from you i could feel that and that's like that's crazy stimulating yeah. enough that i'm like there with mm-hmm. you and uh yeah and and really like yeah just so yeah so there yeah, yeah. and i'm sure there's an importance to with being in your position as a, a sitter and a guide mm-hmm. of like regulating and controlling your own nervous system. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I fully believe that if you had been anxious in that state or worried, I would have felt that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be a, a, like, what's your process for that? I mean, I kind of just feel like that's who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very uh, present, easygoing. Uh, I just feel like when you're around you, I just want to hug you, you know, there's a lot of like love there and, and, and it just feels really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but is there anything that you do to, to prepare yourself for an experience like this, like the day of? Yeah. Like I make sure that there's, um, you know, that the, my, that my shit's under control, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that all the loose ends are tied up that I don't have anything, um, like that I'm really like grappling with mm-hmm. or, you know, un- uneasy about, you know, that I want to be able to like show up and, and yeah, just, just be there. Um, I think a lot of it is, is ultimately just, just trusting the process that, yeah. you know, no matter what emotions are coming up for you, that the fact that, um, that I trust that we've established a sense of trust that, uh, and safety, you know, that I yeah. will, that I know that you're safe and that me knowing you're safe helps, you know, that you're safe because you know that I know that you're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it. um, Every single time I do a session, it's reinforced, you know, this, mm. this knowing that the process can be trusted when the container is held. So trusting mm. the process enables me to hold the container, which in, yeah, in, yeah, 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 it's, a, yeah. it's sort of a, a self-fulfilling thing right. as long as you show up with, 
Yeah. Look at that. Well, I felt it. I felt that you were there, and and uh, I I think one of the really mystic, strange things that started to happen is in holding your hand as I was dropping lower and lower and lower, and that's like the only way I can really describe it mm. is um it was like kind of just going through these levels, and I've heard people talk about being in a tomb at the bottom of the ocean or at the bottom mm. of a well, mm. and it was very dark, but that's that's kind of what it felt like, and it was like I was just sinking deeper and deeper, and at the same time losing sense of my body and you know um it's like i could feel your hand but i couldn't feel my hand uh-huh. at sometimes uh-huh. kind of a strange thing and then sometimes i could feel my hand and i knew that i was holding something but i wasn't sure what it was sure. and then at times i was like oh this is this is whitney's hand and then i had this intellectual thought of being like no whitney's at work right now and mm. i'd be like but how is she right here yeah. <laughs> or how is my mom right here right now like she's gone but she's here so yeah. and yeah. and then trying not to question it yeah, but fe- well, feeling the you know the part of my brain trying to kick in of trying to make sense of things, mm-hmm. and then I, I remember in those moments I would just my surrender statement was kind of just like where are we going now mm. or like what's what's next. Yeah, and I didn't know who I was asking that question to, but it felt like there was someone there that was guiding me or maybe it was everyone. It was the medicine. Mm-hmm. You were saying it out loud at times. Yeah. 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 I'm, <laughs> that's cool too. Cause like, I don't know if I was saying it out loud or if it was just in my head or where I was. For sure. Um, and then I think when I hit like my, let's just call it my, my maximum depth that I reached <laughs> wherever mm-hmm. that was. Um, I don't remember being in my body at this point. Mm-hmm. I think I had completely disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was standing at the bottom of a well somewhere, and it was pitch black, mm. and uh, but it was perfect. It was amazing. Everything was calm and peaceful, and I didn't know that you could experience calm and peace in that way. Yeah. And um, and in that moment, you started humming, mm. <laughs> and it sounded like at the beginning, it sounded like you were like, "Hello, yeah. hello," and yeah. I was like, "Oh, is that Adrian?" And it was really weird because you sounded like a million miles away. Right. And I have headphones on and stuff, but you were not close by huh. <laughs> physically. It yeah. was echoey. It was in the distance. I don't know if it was it coming through my ears because I didn't have ears at that point. Mm-hmm. I was out of my body. <laughs> but I was like, I, I got a little bit worried. And I was like, oh, is he trying to communicate with me? Like maybe mm-hmm. something's wrong. Like I need to find him. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I realized that you were just humming and you were like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. just like you're making kind of like nice calming noises. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I think he's just telling me that he's here with me. Uh, and I was like, that's great. And I, and then I just slipped back into this feeling of love and appreciation that I wasn't alone in this, this place that I was while I was still feeling connection to everybody. So I, I knew that I wasn't alone, but maybe like a little connection to the physical world still. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was a really, a really neat part of the experience. And as I'm kind of dropping down in these lower, lower depths and I've reached this place, I remember just my, my body was vibrating a lot and mm-hmm. I felt this very strong vibration and it was coming through uh, like in an audible sense yeah. that I could, I could hear my own voice still. And it was shaky and it was like a pixelated kind mm. of like almost like a digital vibration that I was feeling. And then it just went dead still. And I remember doing this really big exhale, just... Mm. <sighs> everything out of my lungs and it just went and I just stopped Mm. and it it kind of felt like my heart stopped beating and I just remember being like wow this is this is it and there was a knowledge and Mm. that I was given at that point 
that this is what happens when you die. Mm. And that was, that's really weird to say because mm. like, I don't, I don't really know, but I learned in that moment mm. and it's like, nobody could really tell me anything different now. Sure. It's like, I know that now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird. And, uh, it's weird to say, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a feeling. And when you have those feelings that, uh, just feel so true, mm. um, it's how do you, you know, I believe it now. So that's, and I think in that moment, looking back when we were, you know, as I kind of came out and then we had, uh, you know, drinks and normal chamomile tea, <laughs> you know, I didn't drink any more, uh, uh, mushroom tea, mm. but as we're coming out, I'm, I'm starting to kind of piece this together. And I was like, I just relived my mom's death mm. from her perspective mm. and the healing from that is profound. And I realized in those moments of having that conversation with you and kind of lightly talking about the experience uh, while still tripping a little bit, that not knowing where my mom was in those moments back in 2012 when I'm holding her hand in the mm -hmm. hospital and I'm watching her go mm -hmm. for a couple of hours and mm -hmm. the nurses kept coming in and being like, she's, she's still there, she still has a pulse, just keep talking to her. But I remember looking at her and squeezing her hand mm -hmm. and just like hoping she would squeeze back mm -hmm. and she wasn't. Mm -hmm. But the nurses are saying she's still alive. So it was this very confusing experience of mm. like, you're still here, but I don't know where you are. Like, mm. where are you? Yeah. And uh, that's hard, you know? Like, it's hard to go through that and just um, wonder, like, are you in pain? Like, are you are you suffering still? I hope your suffering is over because those last three months of her life were just pure suffering. And that's really challenging for all of us to, to sit with her through. And, yeah. you know, it's it torture. So... It was like hoping that like, I hope you're okay now. Like, I hope you're, you're not in pain anymore. And then to be able to feel that from her perspective and know that like, mm -hmm. oh, she was traveling into this like really beautiful place where she was leaving her body and everything was perfect. And she could feel the love of everybody that she felt for her whole life turned up to 11. I was like, oh, that's what she was experiencing. Oh man, the healing from that is just like, she was in a really good place and mm -hmm. she knew we were there with her. She was holding my hand and even though she couldn't squeeze and feel and like communicate back in those moments, uh -huh. that's where she was. And that knowledge of that is something when I talked earlier about like a life changing experience, just knowing that now makes everything a lot lighter, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to, just to like, ah, carrying that for so long uh -huh. and letting it go. And then you know, we'll talk about this next mystical experience is coming yeah. back into my body yeah, yeah. and starting to feel around in my stomach. And I remember I got, I took your hand and I was like, feel this right here. And yeah. you're just feeling my chest mm -hmm. and you don't know what you're feeling for. Cause you've never touched my chest before, uh -huh. but all around my solar plexus and my uh, diaphragm has been very, very tense mm -hmm. for as long as I could remember to a point where I probably didn't even understand how much tension I was holding. Right. And all of a sudden, it's gone. Like, everything is just melted away. Yeah. And that was a very, very trippy experience to come back into my body and feel like it was a completely different body. <laughs> yeah. Just from laying down and sitting with this medicine for two hours or an hour and a half or however long it was, mm -hmm. and my whole physiology was just completely shifted and changed. Mm. So now I'm trying to figure that out, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, how does that work? Right. You know, and like, again, trying to just be like, just trusting in it that 
maybe we don't need to know. I don't need to really know why that happened, but mm -hmm. it's real. And those uh, tension, you know, those little tension balls that uh, at the bottom of my skull <laughs> that I talked about that I had um, were completely gone as well. And they're still not, nothing's reformed there yet. Yeah. It's been nine days. Incredible. I get some tension headaches back there. And, mm -hmm. um, but the really interesting about that one is that uh, it was like someone had really got in there and done some like acupressure massage right. and it really worked it out because they were sore they're still a little sore it's uh -huh. been nine days and yeah, it's yeah. like i got a heavy you know massage therapy session but you didn't touch me yeah no one touched me yeah yeah and there's tenderness there still a little bit yeah, yeah. yeah nine days later it was really sore for uh for two three days mm -hmm. like you know the same way that if you went to an intense massage therapy session and you mm -hmm. come out and you feel good but like you got to work out mm -hmm. same thing but again no one touched me right so like how right uh -huh. it's very strange and i don't understand it um but it happened and i think the only thing that we can make sense of it is that we store an unbelievable amount of emotional trauma in our bodies mm -hmm. which i've learned about i've read about sure and then you feel it yeah. and it's not that i didn't believe it before mm. i believed it right. but there's believing from the intellectual and then believing from the feeling side mm -hmm. and the feeling is so much more powerful yeah because there's no words it's just a sensation mm. so yeah yeah man that was <laughs> you know that's the whole that's kind of the whole story and mm. maybe there's some other intellectual connections the dots that were made um is there anything else from from your side there that you remember mm. Mm. yeah i mean yeah it's it's led me to think about a whole bunch of things um I remember there was a moment I usually try to, uh, yeah, I usually sort of like try not to put too much on your experience, not a lot of interpretation, not a lot of introducing new ideas. But at one point I wanted to ask you, is like, do you remember I asked you, um, you know, if, if, if you wanted to, to tell, if you were able to tell yeah. your mom something, what, yeah. would you, what would you say to her? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? Do you remember what I said? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, you said that you just wanted her to know that you know that you loved her and that you you know and always you know felt that love for her and, and right and then yeah i think i said everything that's cool that's happened yeah. in my life is because of her yeah. <laughs> these little profound buddha statements that yeah. you get <laughs> when you're coming out of an experience everything is just crystal clear mm -hmm. right there is a clarity there um and authenticity yeah. that uh that's hard to experience when your mind's being pulled in so many different directions with the you know the normal stresses of life yeah. and again that's such a such a gift to be able to have those moments of clarity and connect back to them it was so important it brought tears to my eyes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It, man yeah and that's yeah. like yeah sorry about regulating ourselves yeah i was like yeah that was it was really powerful to be able to be in in that feeling yeah. with you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. really feel it coming from you right and the one other I almost forgot about this. Well, I forget, but there's so much happens. We're probably leaving out about 90% of the experience <laughs> in this podcast because uh, it's like a lifetime of experiences that mm -hmm. you go through in one of these sessions, right? But um, another strange one was I, I've been carrying a lot of guilt and shame around my mom's passing. Yeah, yeah. And I've done a decent amount of work of tracing that back. And from an intellectual standpoint, I can understand why I carry so much guilt, mm -hmm. but letting it go is is a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. Right? Then it's letting go. That's the, the important part. 
mm-hmm. and it's you know through talk therapy um, and talking to a lot of friends about about um, my mom passing. I'm like, yeah, I got a, I got a good handle on this, but I'm obviously, I didn't let it go. I was storing it in my body. I was holding on to it everywhere. And, um, I remember connecting the dots on this, this one strange, uh, thought process where a couple years before my mom was diagnosed with cancer, she had a bowel reconstruction surgery and that bowel reconstruction surgery was what the doctors told us uh, was caused by her scar from her cesarean section mm-hmm. um, over, you know, 20, 25 years, yep. uh, kind of forming around her bowel and pinching it closed and just growing right around the it. Scar so, tissue, yeah, 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 the scar tissue had like completely uh, adhesed her, her bowel. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was in Chopper's Drug Mart one day and she just like collapsed with intense pain, right? So they had to like, rush her in and they mm-hmm. took her in for surgery and they did a bowel reconstruction and also removed a bunch of her lower intestine. Mm. And, uh, and I remember, and it's like, I almost forgot about that. Like I remember sitting there and being like, wow, I forgot. Like she had so many health problems in the last, uh, five or seven years of her life before the cancer came. Mm. And, um, and I'm sitting there connecting dots on like, why is this important? Like, why am I thinking about this right now? How is this connected to guilt and shame that I feel? And it's such a ridiculous thought to have this, but um, on a very deep subconscious level, if my mother's C-section scar is from having me, right, and I'm the reason for that abdominal trauma, Mm -hmm. and that abdominal trauma, you know, led to her bowel reconstruction surgery, Mm -hmm. which again, intellectual things that I might've been connecting through my subconscious years and creating a story around it. Mm-hmm. And that abdominal surgery led to like very poor digestive health. Mm-hmm. And that could have led to her cancer. Mm-hmm. Then I'm responsible for my mother's death. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, Whoa, why would I believe that? Why would I write that story in my head? Yeah, yeah. And just to connect the dots. And in that moment with the, the clarity and you know, the, the, sound mind that I had I was able to just be like that's crazy I can let that go because um and actually I spoke with um with Whitney about this the next day and I told her that and she was like but you know if you know if your mom had the choice of having you versus like not having the bowel reconstruction surgery you know what she would have chose right and I'm like oh hands down she would have chosen like me and my sister Mm -hmm. like no questions asked she's like right exactly so you know it's again, it's a, I remember in, in, in the experience too, as I was kind of coming out and coming back into my body of, and just saying out loud to you, like, what are we holding on to? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Mm-hmm. What's the point of creating these stories that are so deeply troubling to our subconscious and, and can leave all this stress in your entire body that can lead to all kinds of other illnesses? Um, uh, and just having that like gratitude for myself to be like go easy on yourself man that's a really crazy thing to try and like weave and create uh that you're responsible for this in some way that actually had nothing to do with you Mm. and what is it with our ego that you know makes us want to be responsible and involved for these horrible things that happen Mm. and torture ourselves over it Mm. so uh, just having some perspective around that has been extremely powerful and life-changing too Mm -hmm. to know that uh 
my mind's going to try and <laughs> create some crazy stories and yeah. I got to keep tabs on, you know, whoever's yeah. in there writing these stories and, you know, maybe proofread them every once in a while and be like, yeah, yeah. let's, uh, let's scrap that. Let's throw that one in the fire. We don't need that story. That's good. So, That's good. Yeah. 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 So now in, in, in the wake of it all, how are you, how are you staying connected to all of, all of these things that we've been talking about? Yeah. Um, the integration part, uh, one, one thing that you said the, the day of, I think just before we kind of like ended our, our session, which was kind of a whole day event. Like you were here with me till about 4 PM and you know, we started at uh, 10 or 11, maybe you're here till like five. So, um, one of the things you said is, you know, go tell the people that you, that were involved in your experience. And you, if you've been able to connect to feelings uh, about them, mm. go tell them, you know, tell them how you feel. Yeah. And don't be afraid to share how you feel. Yeah. And that's been a big thing for me too, is like, maybe I've felt things for people, but it's saying it to them feels like there's this baggage and conditions behind it. So I'll hold back. Sure. Cause I don't really want to tell someone how I feel. Cause then I'm like, oh, then I have to change who I am or be a certain way, or they'll have, you know, an idea around who I am now and mm. overwhelm, shut down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like disconnect the, the head from the body kind yeah. of thing. So I've been having a lot of great conversations this week with people yeah, uh, that are very important to me. And I have a huge list of people that I need to go through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been an emotionally exhausting uh, experience. So going easy on myself, too, to not be like, I'm going to schedule this all out. Like, uh-huh. you know, but um, that's been a great part of the integration is just to tell people like you were there with me. And like, thank you for being a huge part of my life. And I love you yeah. and I care about you. And I just want you to know that. And like full stop, that's it. And like yeah. feeling being like, I don't need to like do anything else except just tell people how I, how I feel and uh-huh. like how much I love them. Yeah. And that's a cool thing for the first time in my life to, to oh, know yeah. that and feel that. Right. Yeah. And instead of my brain spinning to be like, what if I say this, then this could happen then this could happen then this could happen. Uh, and acknowledging that that's still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm not like a whole different human being. Yeah. It's a perspective and an awareness that's now there mm-hmm. that, uh, I can feel that, but I don't have to. I can acknowledge it without reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then uh, this other drawing that I'm going to be working on that uh-huh. you recommended, mm-hmm. I haven't started it yet, yeah. but it's um, taking like a little snapshot of the experience, something that I remember that was an important moment to me, mm-hmm. and drawing that again, like writing it down, having a visual representation. Mm-hmm. So why is that important? Uh, yeah, that, I feel that like, you recommended that. I feel like these images, you know, once again, you know, because they they sort of can be a bridge between the, the conscious and subconscious mind that the ones that emerge through these experiences, they can really contain within them all of all of that emotional quality, all of the meaning, all of the, all of what you were processing in that moment. And that to have you know, to have a symbol that is, you know, that is loaded, it's so potent mm. with all of this meaning. Um that it's yeah it's a direct line again so that as we go about our life and we get you know faced with the same challenges and you know the the ingrained patterns might you know want to uh want to rear their heads again Mm. that um yeah having a regular reminder you know just yeah it's like you know if you if you stop taking your vitamins right now you got you got to take them every day right Right, right. so it's like getting that chance to to see that image and be like right that image you know, evokes these feelings, these right. reminders, you know, it reconnects me to that, that deep knowing that place that is, you know, so, 
so inside of myself mm -hmm. that um yeah to be able to you know put it on your wall next to your desk yeah. or something like that and have that reminded every time that it's you know not only is it helpful in those moments where you find yourself challenged but it's like it's prophylactic too you know it's right. it's, it's it's running that groove deeper and deeper so that it it becomes in yeah. integrated into the into your your way of thinking and therefore yeah. your lifestyle and that yeah the more of a presence that you know that which you apprehended in that experience the more of a presence it has going forward than uh yeah the the more of a chance you have to stay connected to it yeah ah that's beautiful and you know we're maybe maybe we'll leave it at this this uh this one thing that i I remember you saying to me that's that kind of wraps that all together uh -huh. as I was as we were having our conversation on the day of uh, you said or I said to you what like what a gift to be able mm -hmm. to go and experience this and know that I can go back there and what I was referring to is that like when I need to in life I can take the medicine again go back and reconnect mm -hmm. and what you said to me was and wouldn't it be beautiful if you could just connect to that without the medicine mm -hmm. And that's like everything you just talked about with that drawing. Like I really, I do believe that is like the true power of psychedelics. It's like not to always have to go back and cause mm -hmm. it's a heavy experience to go through all that. And you know, doing many of those is, is probably gonna be very helpful in your life, mm. but just to be able to be like, no, that's inside of me. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to necessarily like run back to the thing that, you know, cause that's an external thing that I'm trying to bring in to be like, I need this thing to help me and fix me. Mm -hmm. It's a knowledge now that that all is is in there mm -hmm. and I can connect to it at any time I want. And the prophylactic, right, like you said, creating something that helps you on a daily basis, like taking your vitamins, just connect back to that so that you are living a really good life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> you changed my life. Oh, man. I'm so glad to have like worked with you and now call you my good friend. Uh, and yeah, I just... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to continue this work with you and building this community around uh, everything that's going on here and uh, helping more people get to a place of uh, of love and connection and and authenticity. So absolutely, yeah. Thank thank you for changing your life. I'm so <laughs> happy to have been able to help. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, I I would like to ask you that okay. if, you know I've never had a, you know this is a first what we're doing right now. So yeah, how, how does it feel to be um. Yeah, to be to be sharing so openly, you know, getting getting the story out there, like it feels great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little little nervous about sharing some of like the intimate details, of but um, I I'm a pretty open person. Mm. Um, I you know, there's gonna be some definite strangers that listen to this that I don't know, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, uh, I hope that it inspires some people that you know are struggling with similar challenges to have an open mind to find someone that they really trust mm -hmm. go through the process that we did mm -hmm. um and if they want to work with you amazing <laughs> if they're in a different place and they can't mm -hmm. uh, maybe they can find someone who is experienced that they do really trust yeah. and go in with without fear and go in with trust and surrender to the experience and just see what knowledge the plant medicine has for them uh, yeah oh beautiful yeah i think it can be so powerful to be uh yeah, to for, for you personally as well to be witnessed in mm. all of this, you know that that um, yeah. that it's it's no longer relegated to this, you know, private sort of sphere. But yeah, it's 
you know, as it as it opens up into the world, it also you know it's more present in all all the other yes. regions of your own your own psyche and your heart and all of that. And I think that's a yeah. yeah a real embodiment of integration. Embodiment. I like that. That's a good word. Another good word to uh, to remember, right? Uh-huh. Just to like. Just to be like who I, you know, this experience that, that I've had and that a lot of people have had to show up mm-hmm. and, and embody it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Keep taking care of that body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Adrian. Oh, Brett. Thank yeah. you so much. It's, it's a real awesome. honor to be here. All right, man. All the while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. See you, folks. Well, that's it for this week's episode, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate all you guys being here on this educational journey with us all. Uh, If you want to continue your education around the art, science, and business of psychedelics, I highly recommend you sign up for our newsletter. Just go over to dailymushroom.co, pop in your email, and every Friday you'll get a newsletter straight to your inbox uh, that keeps you up to date on everything happening in the world of psychedelics. You can also follow us on Instagram at dailymushroom.co and TikTok at dailymushroom.co. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you on the other side.